to the Mission North Shore podcast. Let's open up our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. And today what I want to talk about is the need for endurance. Oh, all the young guys, you can head out with Kai. Alrighty. Thanks. The need for endurance in our Christian walk. And uh, pressing on. Sometimes what happens, it doesn't matter if you're a new Christian, or you're kind of in the middle of the road, or you've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And especially if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, you know that there's a need to have endurance in your walk. That you're going to have to keep pressing on through some hard times. And that's kind of what the Lord laid on my heart, that as a Christian, we don't live necessarily in a bubble where hard things come our way. Difficult times. It isn't always good, you know, perfect. Once you become a Christian, there'd be a ton of Christians if it was like that. The Bible says that the Lord... Let's it rain on the just and the unjust. It rains on Christians as much as it rains on people outside. Okay, and as we'll see, though, that in a Christian's life, it's allowed that it passes through the Lord first. Endurance, literally, that word in the Bible means to persevere under misfortunes and trials, to hold fast to one's faith steadfastness, patience, constancy, characteristic of a man who is not swayed from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith. We need endurance because things get tough. If everything was easy, there would be no need for endurance. And not, this is a subject, again, as always that I say, that I end up speaking on things that I have kind of a weakness in. And as I'm doing this, I know it's the Lord showing me. I have need for endurance. And I'm enduring, in a sense, because I'm still going. Sometimes by a thread. Anybody here ever been like at certain times, you've like been hanging by a thread, but you made it. We all made it. We're still making it now. And that's what the whole thing is, to hang in there. And uh, just some consideration of some of the things is that that word endure sometimes means something kind of negative, right? That you're enduring a long sickness. But it actually, on the other side of it, it can be something positive where if someone has endurance, the, the other night I was at my daughter's house and we were watching this thing about the, uh, the Ironman triathlon on the big island. And those guys have what? Endurance to be able to, I forget, my son was, Christian was saying, however it is, they swim like two and a half miles, they bike like 110 miles, and then they run a marathon. That's what they do on the big island in basically like through the lava fields, okay? Now, you know 
more than anything else, what do they need? They need endurance to be able to go through all three of those in one day. And it was a pretty impressive program. The Christian walk, if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, you know, it looks more like a marathon than a sprint. That it is, I don't want to say slow necessarily, but it definitely is steady. And sometimes it's two steps forward, three steps back. That's, that's sometimes what my walk looks like. And, and just like anything in life, you have good times and you have more difficult times. So, endurance. Chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, verses 1 and 2. He says here, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, amazing scriptures. I'll tell you kind of where I got a little inspiration for this message. I was looking on um, Surfline. Um, I like to surf. I know not everybody here surfs. But Surfline has pictures on it of guys surfing. And uh, therefore, I like to look at Surfline. But there was this picture of Shane Dorian. How many guys know who Shane Dorian is? Right? Most of you. And he's like one of the top big wave surfers. But he had his little, he had his iPhone like this. And he was holding it up in his picture. And on there, it said, there was big numbers. And it said 534.1. And this was the caption underneath the picture. It said, the most important part of big wave riding, training. And these guys have that down. Yes, that's 534, as in staying down for 5 minutes and 34 seconds. So those guys can hold their breath underwater for 5 minutes and 34 seconds. That's pretty amazing. All for what? So when they're catching that wave and probably their life depends on it, that 5 minutes 34 seconds is going to come in real handy if you're under the water and you can't get up. Endurance. So those guys know the importance of endurance, and for them it's probably more a matter of life and death, and at the same time achieving the goals that they want to achieve. Same thing applied to us in our Christian walk. That the Bible says that we are in need of endurance. Why? Because I can tell you, if you don't know by now, that life is really a battle. All aspects of it. And it would be nice if it was really easy. Nobody wants it easy more than myself. But I can tell you that it's not 
always easy. And sometimes it's extremely difficult. And that's why we need endurance. The situation here in Hebrews, what was happening was that there was a bunch of people in the church. Some hard times were coming. People were opposing this church. They were in opposition to the church. They were being persecuted. They were going through difficulty. And what was happening was a lot of the believers, a lot of the Christians were thrown in the towel. They were giving up. It's too hard. And they were turning back. And that's why he wrote this thing that, look, endurance is necessary. Endurance is vital. So when things get hard, you don't go, okay, it's too hard. I'm going to just shine this Christian thing. And I can see it. Sometimes I think that, man, before I was a Christian, it was easier. You probably just got beat down as much. And you didn't have any hope. But you kind of dealt with it in your own way. Right? And it seemed easier just because it seemed so difficult. And I can tell you that people who think that the Christian life is easy, they're mistaken. It's really hard to follow the teachings of Jesus. Because most of the time, it doesn't, He doesn't agree with me. You know, we're going to read some here that are real difficult ones. But in the face of that, and I can tell you, I was kind of considering because um, last night that the four people that were instrumental in me becoming a Christian, last I heard, they're not walking with the Lord. So probably the four most important people that were in my life, my two friends who, it was because of the change in their life, got me to go to church in the first place. And the guy that was speaking in front the night I went to church. And the girl that drove the car to take me there. Last I heard, all four of them tossed in the towel. Now I hope that that's, I hope that since then they've come back. That would be really awesome. But it just goes to show, and I've seen, you know what, there's always like a dropout. There's always a dropout. And I'm not saying that that has to happen. The message here today is that we don't want that to happen. And even though things get hard, even though sometimes you want to give up and go, man, this thing is too hard, too much hassle. The Bible says don't give up, to keep pressing on because we're going to make it. He says here, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses... And that's in reference to Hebrews chapter 11, which that whole chapter is the chapter on faith. And not just on faith, what it is, that whole chapter is about people that lived it out. Their faith lived out. And it's actually referred to as the hall of faith. So each one of these people, the story of people who endured by faith, who persevered, Persevered in spite of the trials, the difficulties, the persecution, and the hardships for what? To attain to the goal at the end. And I'm going to talk about the race. You know, that in that race, I'm sure the Ironman or the Honolulu Marathon, which is kind of coming up pretty soon here, that there's a lot of people who want to do it, 
And there's probably a ton of people who do it and, and finish. There's some people who talk about it but never do it. There might be some people that sign up, pay the money, and never show up. There might be some people that run but can't finish. Okay? And same in the Christian walk. Is that our goal in the Christian walk is to finish this race that the Lord set before us. So he's saying here, look, here's a whole chapter of examples of men and women who persevered, who endured by faith the Christian walk. And they actually hit the finish line. And we're one of those. Faith and endurance are almost interchangeable. So we endure by faith. Our faith stands strong and it helps us to go, the Bible says, faith to faith. Sometimes it's one step at a time. Faith moves us forward in spite of, or endurance moves us forward in spite of, and I have here a line, a blank line that says, you put your problem here. So by faith, whatever is going on, whatever has happened, I've gotten this far, I know that most of you have gotten this far by faith. And God brought you through. Sometimes you don't know how you made it. Man, I don't know how I made it through the last year. But I'm here. And I'm still going. Verse 1 there in Hebrews. He says there, to lay aside every encumbrance. And some versions has weight. Lay aside or throw off every weight. Now, if you're running in a race, what do you want to do? And I noticed in that thing with the triathlon, those guys were like stripped down. They probably didn't have a little thing on. They didn't have a ballpoint pen on them. You know, that just what was needed was that's what they had, not anything more. Because they don't need one ounce more of weight because they're going to carry that whole thing through and everything. Christian was saying that his friend does that and his bike costs $14,000. The guy's bike. And I can tell you, that ain't no regular bike. Right? That isn't a regular bike. Everything is built and probably light the whole bit. And that's what he's saying here. For us, in our endurance, that, you know what? We need to get down the fighting weight, spiritually. That we can't be carrying any extra weight. Everything that would slow us down, everything that would distract us, everything we need to cast off, every hindrance, everything that might occupy us. And I can tell you from that program that those guys and girls that they were interviewing... That's what they do all year. And their whole focus is on that. Right? And we probably can imagine, I can't imagine that, because that's not how I live my life. I live my life kind of scattered. You know, and it takes all effort just to get down the street, let alone to get along. I've got to consider to make the trip to Foodland. Let us lay aside every encumbrance 
and the sin that easily ensnares us. Literally, what that word ensnares means is kind of like to be wrapped in a robe. And what it is, is a picture, you can imagine running the marathon in a robe. That's basically what the picture is. That those guys are running it in shorts and short shorts and probably a tank top. They're not wearing a robe. Why? Because it's just going to make it more difficult. And that's what it is. The sin that easily ensnares us. That, you know what, any sin that's in our life is going to slow us down in the Christian walk. It's going to occupy us in areas. It's going to split our focus. And that's what he's saying. Look, every weight, everything that's a weight, everything that isn't necessary, you've got to get rid of it. Every sin that's in your life needs to be gotten rid of. Because this is a marathon, this is a long race, and you need to be focused. Those guys, just like us, the Christian walk, we have to have a single focus. Those guys can do that, and they can be really, when they start off, they don't start off in the back of the line. Those guys that they were interviewing on the TV, they're in the front, and they're there to win. There's a lot of people that are there to finish. But these guys are there to win. And what that takes is focus. And it's the same thing in our Christian life. And I have here that the main thing needs to be the main thing. That in our Christian walk, our Christian walk needs to be the main thing in our life. Nothing more important. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, if you want to turn there. Um, I'm not going to turn there, but I'll kind of paraphrase the whole uh, story there. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. Jesus has this little story there of meeting up with Martha and Mary, two sisters, and they went to her house. Uh, he went to their house to eat. And Martha was the obvious older sister and like really busy and making sure everything was in shape because Jesus was coming over, vacuumed you know, made some nice food, food that he might have liked, right? And Mary looked like she was the younger sister that was kind of more of the emo one and sitting around and, you know what I mean, probably had music on and, you know, looking out what dress to wear because Jesus was coming over. Okay, so when Jesus gets there, what happens in the story is that Martha, you know, true to form, is, starts complaining to Jesus, Lord, tell my sister to help me. Because I'm doing all the work here. And she's not doing nothing. Okay? And Jesus' answer to her, He says, Mary, you are worried about so many things. Martha, sorry, thanks. Martha. Okay. Martha, you're worried about so many things, but Mary has chosen the better part. One thing is necessary, he said, and that's the part that she chose. And you know what? It's a story for us in our life. Is that some things, and literally that word, worried about many things, literally it's busy 
to the point of distraction. Busy to the point, I don't know, you don't have to raise your hands, but I know that some of us probably can identify with that. That you've been busy to the point of distraction. But in the Christian life, Jesus is saying, same as He said to Martha, that one thing is necessary. And what was it? That Mary had chosen was to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to Him. Um, yeah. Okay. Norman, you're throwing me off. <laughs> okay. The one thing is necessary. As with these guys... Uh, I love you, Norman. Okay, as with those guys, you know what, Shane Dore and all those guys, the one thing, that's what it comes down to them. The guys in the triathlon, the one thing, the main thing. Okay, for them, it's a sport. But you know what, for us, is our relationship with the Lord. In John chapter 6, starting in verse 66 to 69, which is a scripture that I made reference to the last time I talked about, was that, if you remember that, that there was a lot of people following Jesus, but in John 6, Jesus gives His teaching about eating my body and drinking my blood. Unless you do that, you don't have any part of me. And it says there in the Scriptures that people kind of got stuck on that. And it says that a lot of people were questioning, like, Whoa, what's this about? And it says there that a lot of people stopped following after that teaching. That he stopped, they stopped following. Why? Because it was a difficult teaching. I mean, I could see that. Right? If your leader, if Tripp said that, or I said that, you'd go like, I think next week I'm going to go to another church. Okay, but we're not saying Jesus said that and he was right. That we have to. That we have to take, or we have to like immerse ourselves in Him. That's what He was saying. But people got stuck on that, and they stopped following. So Jesus, in this story, in verse 66 to 69, He looks to Peter and He goes, Are you guys going to go also? So He looks at the twelve and He goes, Are you guys going to go also? Are you going to leave too? And Peter's answer was an amazing answer. And he said, Lord, where would we go? Where do we have to go? You are the one that have the words of eternal life. And you know what? In our endurance, in our walk with the Lord, we have to not have any other options. There are no options. Once you become a Christian, all, everything behind you is burned away. All bridges are burned. There's no going back. Only going forward. That's what he's saying. That's what Jesus expects. No less than 100% loyalty to him. There is no other options. There is no plan B. If there is in your life, then when things get hard, you might take it. The very thing that you made allowance for, well, if this doesn't work out, then I'm just going to go back to what I used to do. 
So part of the endurance thing, making it, you know, making a go at it, is to burn everything behind. All bridges get burned behind. There is no going back. There is no retreat. There is no plan B. That is forward in the Christian life. It's all or nothing at all. That's what it is. Where would you go? What options do you leave open? My question to everybody here. What options do you have? Well, if this church thing don't work out, then I'm just going to go back to whatever I used to do or, or, you know. We have to eliminate all of those things. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says there that no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. So his comparison to us is like a soldier. That man, you're like all the way focused. And I don't know a couple guys that they're like uh, um, rangers or something. Now, I can tell you, they don't have like your average job. When they get called to go someplace, it's life and death. So what do you think that they need? Man, if you're like that, you need some focus. You need endurance. You probably need somebody that ain't going to go, you know what, this whole army bit, I think I changed my mind already. You know? That man, those guys need guys that are all in. And all going forward and takes confidence. In verse 2 in Hebrews, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So what's he saying? That you know what? In order to have endurance, in order to keep going, that we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. That we can't take them off. You remember that week that Tripp talked about Peter walking on the water? And he was in the storm and he said, Lord, call me out there. Jesus said, come on. And he did. He got out and walked on there for a little while. But what happened in the story? It says that when Peter noticed the wind and the waves, he began to doubt. And what happened? He started to sink. And sometimes for us, that's what happens. Is that, you know what? We notice the circumstances, we notice the trouble. And we take our eyes off of the Lord and we begin to sing. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So Christ is the author of our faith, meaning what? That's a word that they use. Literally what that means is the leader or the first one. But the word that they have there is author. Now an author obviously writes something. So he's the author. He's the one that's writing our story of faith. He's actually the one who I was thinking, almost said it when we were dedicating the kids, you know, that, you know what, the Bible says that before you were born... That God knew you. Your whole plan, it's not a surprise. Anything that you do in your life, 
anything that happens, good and bad, is not a surprise to God. So he's the author and the finisher of our faith. In Ephesians, it says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that, we sh- that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Literally, that word in Ephesians means poema, a poem. We are God's poem that he's writing. And he set up these good works for us, for us to do in Christ, that we should walk in those things. Now, considering our story, and you know, I'm not a big movie person. I don't go, but I like to read books. And I read this book, and it was all about this guy who wrote a book. The book was popular. They wanted to make a movie about it. But what ended up happening was that the guys, the, you know, uh, playwrights or whatever they call those guys that write, write the story, that they said his life was too boring. So they, they had to doctor it up. You know how they make movies and they say like based on a true story, which based means that, okay, it's, it's not the true story. It's just based on a true story. And I was thinking, man, that's the way it is for us. Is that, you know what, in every, you think about all the movies, the good movies or what, there's some tension in there. I mean, if you consider it, the storylines are, are pretty similar. There's always like the main characters, and then somewhere along the line, uh, the wheels come off. Right? It's the perfect storm, or the Titanic sinks, or they get shipwrecked, or whatever. Something happens. There's always tension, and in the storyline, and this was in this book, that I was reading, that the guys were trying to explain to him that every good story has a catastrophe. Every good story has tension. And that does what? If you think about it, when you're in a movie, that keeps your attention. And you want to see, okay, how's this thing going to turn out? And sometimes in our life, I think that that's similar to what happens in our life. Is that God is writing my story. God is writing your story. And He allows tension in there. Why? Does He allow tension? To keep our attention. Now, you know what? I'm more focused when things are going hard than when things are going good. And I'm more focused on Him. So one of the purposes, He allows that as it says in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, a scripture that is probably on my list of least favorite. But it is in the Bible, and it is true. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, and it says there, To count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into various trials, temptations, difficulties. Why? Because it produces... It says in James, endurance. So God allows those things in our lives because it produces endurance in us. That He doesn't make it easy. And I can promise you all the training that those guys do to finish the Iron Man, it's not easy. They probably don't wake up every morning going, oh boy, 
I'm going to run 20 miles today. Or I'm going to ride, you know, 75 miles today. They probably don't always feel, but you know what? It pays off when they cross that finish line. And same thing with us. In our story that the Lord is the author of, that He allows tension, He allows trials, He allows difficulties for a purpose. Romans 8.28, All things work together for good for them that love God and those that are called according to His purpose. So I don't know where you're in your story. Maybe you're in the chapters that it's the difficult chapters. I remember one thing that Chuck Smith said that, you know what, in any book what happens, I don't know if you've ever read a book that you've just been like locked into where you just couldn't stop because you, you were so in the story that you have to see what happened. Okay, I'm just going to read to the end of this chapter and then I'm done for the evening. When you got at the end of the chapter, you're like, well, what's going to happen next? It's just, I'm going to stay awake all night wondering. So you read into the next chapter. And that's the same thing in our life. Sometimes when we're in those troubling chapters, you know what? It just takes a page in God's economy. You might turn the page and it's the solution. It's the point where things turn around. And I've seen that many times. One day, you don't know if you're going to make it, but as easy as the turn of a page, all of a sudden there's light. And you come out of it. And you make it. And that's what he's saying, that Jesus is the author, but He's also what? The finisher, the completer. He's the one that is writing our story, and I can promise you He's the one that's going to finish it off. He's going to bring us there. And that's going to be all of us here. If you're a believer, I can tell you I made it this far because of Christ. Not because I'm so strong. Because when I couldn't go on, the Lord would carry me. When I didn't want to go, He would make me to go. All different kinds of ways. He's the author and He's the finisher of our faith. No matter what you're going through now, remember the story isn't finished. Right? If you go to a movie, you don't like stand up in the middle and go like, okay, I'm over this. I'm walking out. Right? You're like, even if it's the hard time, you're going, okay, well, man, this is like dismal. This movie is a downer, but I'm going to stay to the end because... I want to see what happens at the end. You know, and before, like when I was a kid, uh, those of us who are a little older, you remember, all the movies had a happy ending. Right? The hero always won. John Wayne always won. He never died. Every movie. He always got the bad guys. So on and nowadays, a little different. Right? It doesn't always end that way nowadays. But you know what? In our story, is that way. And Christ is the hero in our story. He's the one that brings us through all the time. Just some scriptures to uh, end up here. Finish up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, To examine everything carefully, hold fast to what is good. 
Abstain from every appearance of evil. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, he says, Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. And one of my favorites, Galatians 6, 9, he says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So wherever you are, maybe things are going really good. Keep pressing on. Maybe things are going really hard in your life and it's been a difficult season. It's been a difficult chapter in your life. You know what? Don't give up. Keep pressing on. Keep your eyes on the Lord. And He's going to work it out. You don't know if tomorrow's the day that the chapter is going to be turned in your life and things are going to turn for the good. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we do thank You for Your Word. and Lord, we know that this life is hard. As You said, Lord, that in this life, we, in this world, we will have tribulations, but do not fear for you have overcome the world. Lord, and we do pray that wherever each one of us is at this morning, Lord, that we would put off anything that's holding us back, that's dragging us down. Lord, and that we would keep our eyes focused upon you, waiting for your salvation. Lord, that you are the author and the finisher of each one of our faith. Lord, and we can trust that You are going to bring us through even the most difficult situation. We ask these things in If you'd like to know more about our ministry here at The Mission, visit us online at www.themissionnorthshore.org. Thanks for listening, and God bless.